This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the preview podcast on the Blood Red channel. I'm your host Paul Wheelock and if you're listening to this show for the first time, what we do basically is speak to an expert who covers the club Liverpool are playing next. No prizes for guessing, that's Manchester United. Now a win or a draw on Sunday would move Liverpool back above Manchester City at the top of the Premier League table. But it's clear they will be facing a different United to the one they swept aside at Anfield in December, which of course led to Jose Mourinho sacking. But since then United have won 11 of their last 13 games games under caretaker manager Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. So how has Solskjaer revived the club's fortunes so dramatically? To find out, I picked up the phone to Samuel Luckhurst, who is the chief Manchester United writer for the Manchester Evening News. We also talked how Solskjaer has turned Paul Pogba into one of the best performing players in the world right now, the latest on the fitness of Anthony Martial and Jesse Lingard, and which one of those players is crucial to Solskjaer, how the Virgil van Dijk deal was a watershed moment for United, the respect for Liverpool and the unwitting help they have given Liverpool in their quest for a first league title since 1990 and of course how Samuel sees this weekend's massive match going. Thanks for joining me and we'll be back on Sunday with the post-game podcast. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, hi Samuel, thank you very much for joining me to talk Manchester United ahead of Sunday's match at Old Trafford. You okay, mate? Yes, very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. No, real pleasure. Well, that's, well, what a difference, I should say, a couple of months make. You know, it's been some transformation since the last game between the sides at Anfield back in December for Manchester United, hasn't it? It has. It's been completely drastic. I mean, that that was probably seen as the nadir of, of Mourinho's reign. I think a lot of people would, would probably argue with that, but when you consider how Edward Wood was getting quite animated in the director's box at Anfield and points out things to Bobby Charlton. Um, it, it was more telling than it seemed at the time. Solskjaer's come in and he's, he's enhanced most of the players, certainly the, the first team players. Um, the the feel-good factor's back. The, the fans are enjoying going to games again. Uh, there's been very, very little wrong with United since Solskjaer came in and I think everybody expected he would lift the mood at the club, but I think a lot of people would have doubted whether he'd be able to actually lift them this high up in the table and he said himself that uh, they didn't expect to be in fourth at this stage after two months in, just two months into his reign and I mean you really are nitpicking when you're wondering whether it's happened too soon for United but they are riding the crest of the wave at the moment despite the, the PSG defeat last week and that's what made the Chelsea win uh, probably his most impressive and, and most accomplished as well and that they had the first major setback against PSG and they responded really really well to it even uh, legislating for what what a dire situation it is for Sarri at Chelsea at the moment that was still a really impressive United win purely because they hardly ever win at Chelsea I, Myself I remember looking at the fixtures after Solskjaer was appointed as a caretaker and thinking it might have been a good timing by the club to do what they did with Mourinho but it seems to have gone past that now you know there's the cliche new manager bounce you know he's took the shackles off but he's going to places like Chelsea he's gone to Tottenham one gone to Arsenal one is he proving to be quite an adept tactical manager himself at the moment? Absolutely and I mean I think you've hit the nail on the head there when Mourinho was sacked I think part of me felt well why have you done it after losing a game where United were expected to lose but on the other hand then you had a look at that run of fixtures and, and it was really really inviting the, the turning point I mean looking at it in, in retrospect the first three or four games and, and maybe the, the Reading FA Cup game were probably the managerial bounce 
period. They won uh, the first game 5-1, then it was 3-1, then it was 4-1, then it settled down a little bit after that. The, the turning point came at Tottenham when, although they were indebted to De Gea in the second half for probably the best part of an hour, Solskjaer tactically invested uh, Pochettino, who is rightly lauded as, as one of the best coaches in Europe, and they've really seized on that momentum. That's when I suppose, you know, speaking for myself, uh, that's when I decided to do the whole, you know, how Solskjaer has transformed United yeah. piece, because I just thought, you know, the, the hype is genuine here. It's not just a managerial bounce. And he's gone to Arsenal, he's won there. Um, you know, the, the, there's a, all, the whole spirit of Fergie thing. He's, he's not really played that down too much either. I think that that has probably, you know, that's got more fans on his side because the previous managers were never going to do that anyway because they had a uh, greater pedigree than Solskjaer. But him playing on that, that really does tap into that romanticism among United supporters because, you know, just what Ferguson said in, in the week when he sent a video message to Paddy Crerand and he you know, signed off with well done. It's just, you know, they, they get very wistful about things like that. The Fergie factor is still uh, so, so significant to United fans. He still feels a very current presence. And Solskjaer, I think the, the maybe uh, the, the, the biggest thing is just what he's done with Pogba. And I think Fred the Red could have come in and Paul Pogba would have started performing against <laughs> United. But Pogba is probably playing the best form the best football of his career now. He, he is one of the best players in the world, I think it's fair to say, on current form. That current form has been for two months. There's been a willingness from United to indulge him pretty much since he came to the club and that you look at some of the players they were looking to bring in a, uh, a couple of years ago. It was Griezmann or Lukaku or it, or it was Morata. He's got uh, a, a relationship with all three of those guys there. Um, beyond that, before Solskjaer came in, United uh, did touch base with Laurent Blanc and wondered whether he would be up for it. He wanted the Manjuria's role on a, per- on a permanent basis, so he was discounted. But that French factor felt very relevant there. And of course, this is Dan Links earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. So they have played into Pogba's hands by bringing Solskjaer in because he nurtured Pogba when he was a teenager at the club and, and Solskjaer was the reserve coach. And... Pogba has, has repaid them in kind. I think the telling um, gesture, if you like, during Solskjaer's first game at Cardiff was that he beckoned Pogba over, gave him some instructions. Pogba nodded approvingly and then held his hand out for Solskjaer to slap it. I mean, it was just a complete difference from the previous manager and the previous regime. And in fairness, even players who aren't getting a look in, Fred has been a bit of a £52 million dud, but yeah. in recent weeks, Solskjaer's been talking him up and liking him to Forlan and, and Veron, uh, who were two, you know, they, they didn't have overall successful United careers, but they were brilliant players, and that's going to do his confidence the power of good. You take all that into consideration, then. I suppose what Jurgen Klopp was saying at his own press conference today that Solskjaer will be manager next year. I, I was going to ask you, is that an increasingly likely prospect? But listen to what you've just had to say there. Surely he's the only man for the job now. It, it does feel very much a case of when rather than if. I think the significant um, moment came at Fulham when uh, his agent, Jim Solbakken, was, was speaking with Avram Glazer and, and Ed Woodward. Now, Avram Glazer, like most of the Glazers, they, they don't attend many games these days. Uh, they hardly ever attend games in London unless it's a Wembley FA Cup semi-final or a Wembley final. They're not going to be seen at Stamford Bridge or, or the Emirates or Craven Cottage, but he was there for that 
Soulback and Dove have a client at Fulham, but I mean, they didn't even try and say, oh, he was only there to, to meet his Fulham uh, contact or anything like that. There was they, they didn't downplay it. There was no problem from United's end on, uh, on on that issue. So I thought that was very, very telling. And as, as important as Manchester United fans' opinion on who the next man should be uh, is, it's not as important to Ed Woodward as what the players think who, who the next manager should be and the players who think Solskjaer's top class. Of course, their form could fall off a cliff between now and the end of the season. They could you know, end up sick and not get anywhere in the FA Cup and go out to Wolves and uh, go out to PSG. But it just seems very... You can't really envisage that happening, even though there's not a great deal of quality in depth in the squad, even when Lingard and Marshall get injured and Matthew Lukaku come in and they have not been playing well by any means under Solskjaer. He still manages to get a 2-0 win at Chelsea. You mentioned Marshall and Lingard just then, both injury doubts for, for this weekend. Do you think they'll make it? And if, if how much of a blow would it be if either or one of the uh, the players were, were to miss out? Well, I, when I did the story before his press conference last week that um, they weren't long-term injuries, but they were going to miss the Chelsea game, I was also told that um, there was a possibility they could um, they could you know, miss the Liverpool game in addition to that. And then Solskjaer came to his press conference and said it was two to three weeks, so of course that rules them out the Liverpool game. But then I was also told, um, kind of like caution if you like, that he might be playing games there. And it seems like he has been playing games, which again is, is a bit of a Fergie tactic. Yeah. He was he was completely he was the opposite of transparent when it came to injury news. If he said a player had no chance of playing, you fully expected them to start uh, the following night and that, that did happen a number of occasions. Um Particularly, uh, I think Wayne Rooney is the, is, is the great example against Bayern Munich in 2010. So I would expect probably, or given that Solskjaer has said that he's hopeful, one, you know, I think he said he hopes that Lingard will, or sorry, Marshall will be fit, and, and Lingard, it's it's not it's it's not a certain with him. I'd imagine one of them uh, will be available for for Sunday's game, and they are very important players. I mean, Marshall is the superior player, but I think Lingard is more important for what he gives to this United team with his movement off the ball, his pressing. One of the great uh, changes from Mourinho to Solskjaer is that United's attack is no longer fixed, it's fluid. Mourinho's emphasis was on physical players where they were too fixed and there wasn't a lot of roaming going on and Solskjaer's been the complete... Um, he's changed that. He's, he's put Lingard doubling as a as a centre-forward, Rashford's gone to the right, but he'll change role, they'll interchange, and it works really well. And Lingard really does supplement that superbly. There's always been this consensus among some United fans that he's a better player without the ball rather than with the ball. But I think over the last year, he's really come on leaps and bounds in terms of how he uses the ball, his dribbling. And you know, people still call him a kid. He's not a kid anymore, he's 26, but he does still have... That, that youthfulness about him and he does still seem to be a player in development. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. You speak about how the uh, how, how well the attacking players are playing. Is there still concerns about the defence, particularly going into this game, given the potency of Liverpool's front three? Absolutely. I mean, the irony is that Smalling was probably... Uh, 
probably outperformed Lindelof on, on Monday night against Chelsea and Lindelof has been the standout centre-half of the season which I don't think many people would have predicted a year ago the, the gut feeling is that Smalling will partner Lindelof I mean it's, I thought it was quite telling unless Oscar's playing mind games again that at his press conference on Friday he said that uh, he brought up by slackening off in the PSG game where he just did us for a millisecond and Bappe gets in ahead of him mm-hmm. and scores to make it 2-0 so you would expect Smalling to partner Lindelof but it is an area that United is still going to have to address in the summer they've been dormant on it in the last two transfer windows unforgivably so in the summer I mean although they, they really were um, <coughs> excuse me they weren't helped at all by the Virgil van Dijk deal it, that really was a watershed moment for United in, in, in the um, transfer market in general and that when they touched base with Inter Milan for Mil- to ask about Milan Skriniar they were quoted £76 million Leicester wanted £75 million for Harry Maguire even though Tottenham risk losing Alderweireld for £25 million in the summer they wanted an awful lot of money for him last summer so it just ramped the prices up and they've been very reluctant to go with the market inflation but they're going to have to spend big on a new centre-back in the summer if they want to challenge with Liverpool again for the league We all know the, the rivalry that exists between the clubs but if we can put that to one side is, is there a respect even of a grudging one from the United side of things about what Liverpool are doing and, and probably developing into at the moment? Absolutely um, You look at what Liverpool did in the summer when they were signing Alisson they bought Van Dijk last season they really um, built up momentum for this title challenge this season with the signing of Van Dijk in January so it, it, it's been you know it, was, it wasn't just with Alisson in the summer with Fabinho in the summer it started with Van Dijk um, and obviously the run to the Champions League final and, and the victories over City as well so they've really shown the aggression that a club needs to in the transfer market to challenge for the league they finished fourth last season they've got a very good chance of winning the league this season it's that ambition that was lacking at United in the summer and I think a lot of United fans find it galling that given that Liverpool had a decent chance of going for the league you know, the incentive was there just to go out and spend strength on the squad just, just to stop Liverpool from winning the league yeah. just to you know provide that obstacle and United refused to do that so I think should Liverpool win the league come the end of the season which obviously is the ultimate doomsday tonight for United <laughs> fans you know you might as well give Ed Woodward a medal because United what they what they didn't do in the summer has played a major major part in uh, helping Liverpool up the Premier League ladder this season you said that would be a doomsday scenario, Liverpool winning the league. I know recently the Everton versus Manchester City game, there were some questions before that that Evertonians would want their side to lose. I know on the night that didn't prove to be the case at all. I take it that won't be the case with United on Sunday. Old Trafford will be firmly behind their own side and wanting them to win. Yeah, I think it's it's unplatable regardless of whether Liverpool win it or City win it. I mean, Solskjaer pretty much confirmed he hopes Tottenham win it, which <laughs> is quite ironic <laughs> given that it might mean that he doesn't um, end up getting the job <coughs> uh, but it's it's just one of those things I mean United had it in 2014 when it was City and Liverpool going for the league and I think the polls were like pretty much 90% in favour of City winning it over over Liverpool I just think that, that I think somebody put up an argument at the time that if Liverpool were to win it it would be more of a victory for the purists because it's not in you know it's not 
the club that's just been taken over and got all this money and they've gone on and won something. I just think that the fact that it would be probably a purer victory with, with Liverpool winning the title is what would make it worse for United fans. Um, it's, it's Liverpool will always be the biggest rivals to United as United will to Liverpool. Um, it's just a, it's, it's an amazing tribal rivalry. Um, the geography, the, the history dating back to the Industrial Revolution, the Mancunians and Scousers. I mean, I think you, you have to whisper it, but there are there are certain similarities between uh, the two personalities and, and also the cities as well. I mean, both cities have overcome tragedies and um, you know, traumas, be it the Hillsborough or the, the arena attack the other year and yeah. the bombing in the city centre in 1996. And I think there is an element of solidarity there um, that's, that they probably don't you know, harp on about because they want to uh, you know keep up this rivalry. But it, it is... Yeah, the two great cities, and it's just a shame that, in, certainly in my lifetime, uh, probably can only think of 2008-09, where there was a proper United Liverpool title challenge, where it was a two-horse race between um, between both clubs. I asked you this question uh, before we started recording, just to give you a bit of time to prepare for it. But just a bit of a fun one I like to throw in there: is the one Liverpool player you could feel would significantly improve the the current United side, and vice versa as well? Is there anyone in the United side who you think Liverpool could really do with? I don't think you can look past Pogba for Liverpool at the moment. I know that Liverpool have got yeah good, good midfielders, but I I think they're lacking in great. Midfielders in that area, whether it's Finaldum, Henson, <coughs> excuse me, or um, or Fabinho, you know, Pogba would easily slot in there. Um, you know, De Gea, I, I'd always argue, is, is a better keeper than Allison, but it's not really an area Liverpool need improving in the moment. So Pogba would would be the obvious one in terms of United. I know it's another obvious pick, but United haven't signed the right winger since Wilfred Zaha back in 2013, and. They proceeded to play him only four times, so Salah is an obvious one. Uh, I think that if United didn't have Mourinho in charge uh, back in 2017, then maybe Salah would have actually you know, hovered onto their radar and come under consideration as as a possible signing because he, he did tick a lot of boxes there, but it, it wasn't to be, and, and Liverpool got an absolute bargain. The only other one that obviously springs to mind is, is Van Dijk. I think... Given what United lack is is a a world class defender and a proper leader, Van Dijk is uh, it, it just it, it does boggle the mind why they didn't even consider him as as a possible signing. It wasn't even the case of I know Liverpool had the, the interest in the summer before they signed him in the winter, but even before then United just didn't didn't touch base at all. So it, that that was a really peculiar one. Uh, but he he would be immense if if he were at United as well. Just before I let you go, it's interesting what you say there about Pogba and Salah being the two players. Do you think it's fair to say that both players in these games in you know in the last couple of seasons haven't really we've not seen the best of them? I know Pogba's not really shine for United against Liverpool, and you could probably argue the same for for Salah for for Liverpool. I said that on our own podcast this week. Pogba's got a really checkered history with Liverpool, even going all the way back to when he was in the youth team and got sent off Anfield in the youth cup back in 2011. Um, the infamous one was the, the, the emoji a couple of years ago yeah. when he, he really did set himself up for the fall. Um, that, that was just a very, very stupid decision to make. Um, one of his 
United teammates who are still a teammate of his uh, had a commercial commitment penciled in for after a game but he agreed that if United lost the game or even drew the game he wouldn't fulfil it which is the right way to go about it but Pogba what he did I, I don't think he would do that again and then of course I think he was injured for both games last season uh, this season he was an unused substitute which was pretty galling for him and uh, at Anfield in, in 2016 that, that first 0-0 as well he was he was poor he was played in the number 10 role and it just didn't suit him uh, so it, it, United could do with a big performance from him as for Salah I think United are maybe the only one of two Premier League sides um, that he's not scored against or something like that I know he did score against Swansea last season uh, it was peculiar to see him you know, cowed by Ashley Young in that, in that second game last season but he's not he's not really come alive I mean there's, there's even an argument to say maybe United should you know, play Young at left back just to shackle him yeah. but you can't just judge it on that game that was what 11 months ago Salah's really kicked on since then and in fairness Luke Shaw has kicked on to a certain extent as well just the final one. How do you see it going on Sunday? I, I do hate predictions. I, I won't lie, but it's. I think if the, the trouble is, I think if, if United do have legitimate doubts over, you know, with Marshall and Lingard, if they're both out, then I don't think Lukaku and Mata can paper over the cracks yeah. like they did at Chelsea, and I would therefore not make Liverpool favourites and such but it, it makes Liverpool it really does enhance Liverpool's chances so um, as boring as it is I, I think it will be a draw but I think if United get one of Marshall and Lingard back then they could just edge it You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo